Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my friend who loves turquoise cocoa puffs. It's Frank. How are you today? Fight the Empire! Is that is that what you shout when you eat your turquoise cereal? Yes, yes. fight the empire. Uh, but 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 they're not cocoa puffs. They're C three POs. Ah, oh, shoot! Missed opportunity for an excellent pun. Frank, how are you today? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Pretty 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 well. How about yourself, my friend? I I'm doing I'm doing just fine. You had too many pretties for me to believe that you're doing pretty well. But I do like, <laughs> like, like there's like one too many where you're like, you're lying now. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But now I think you're telling the truth. But I do know that your night only gets better when you crack open a delicious beer. So what delicious beer are you drinking today? Let's find out. Oh, it's fresh today. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a Stoneface Brewing Brov Dark Lager. Oh. Um. Brov, as in, you know, brother. Uh, brother. Um, hello, brother. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> hey, brother. This is, a gr- this is a great lager. I had this the other night on tap at the brewery and loved it. And so I had to pick up a four-pack on my way out. Um, so, um, yeah, it is a, it is a great um, dark lager. It's a Czech-style lager. Um, and it says that there are notes of Bohe- it's Bohemian Pilsner malt with chocolate wheat uh, notes, mm. and uh, yeah, it's like it is a chocolatey wheat uh, uh, Czech uh, style lager. Uh, it is it is really really nice. It's very smooth on on um, at the brewery. They they pour it um, nitro, um, so it's very smooth. Um, but even in the can, it's mm. It's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, Stoneface, Brov, Dark Lager. They do not have much distribution, so if you are looking for it, uh, if you're outside of New Hampshire or maybe northern Massachusetts, you're not really going to have much luck. Well, then I'm not going to have any luck at all, am I? Sounds good, though. I'll have one when I visit you someday, probably. It's quite good. Um, Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I am uh, not drinking a beer. Um, but I am drinking water from a beer glass. So I felt that mm-hmm. I, and like an actual, like, like brewery. So I could at least like say like, oh, you should try their beer. Um, I just didn't feel like a beer tonight. You know, you just have nights where you're like, my tummy hurts. I'm not going to have a beer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And no, that's, I hear that. that's tonight. Um, but anyway, I am drinking, uh, from a devil's purse brewing company, 
uh, glass, oh. and uh, they're from Dennis, uh, South Dennis, Massachusetts, um, which is on Cape Cod. Uh, and their stuff's very good. I do recommend nice. all of it. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely, I probably had some of their stuff at your house. Probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I meant to tell you recently that I saw, um, you once took me to Shoveltown Brewery. Yes. Um, yes, I went did. Went there for lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I saw their stuff here in New Hampshire not long ago, um, like a week or two ago. That's which awesome. I'd, I'd never seen. Uh, I didn't know they had their distribution before. that far. That's great. Yeah, I know. Because they're in southern Massachusetts and I'm here in southern New Hampshire. Um, which may not sound that far, but it's far enough that small breweries don't don't often distribute this uh, this far away, a uh, couple hours away. Right. Um, so yeah, I was excited to see that. Um, thought That's that was cool. that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was just like in a at like a, a gas station. It wasn't even like at a fancy place. So like they must have pretty decent distribution for them mm. to be in in uh, you know not not a place that specializes in craft beers. It was just like there among all the other all the other beers. So yeah, Trouble Town. This is for them. I'm not drinking it right now. It would be what I would be drinking if I was having it. But have you had um the Sam Adams pumpkin from this season yet? Mm, I'm because, trying to remember if I had it. So their pumpkin is usually just okay. I don't love it. It is not as it is not as good as shipyards or some of the other ones that I've had. But long story short, a bunch came into my possession and it's really good i'm like shockingly like shockingly good and i I think it's a new recipe because i don't i don't remember Uh, liking it this much um but if you um we're a little bit outside the pumpkin season now but mm -hmm. um uh but um i hope they keep the same recipe for next year because it is delish i i did not have it this year i think i had it last year the jacko pumpkin um ale i don't think they call it jacko pumpkin anymore i think it's just pumpkin yeah okay Okay, I don't know. It's in the um, fridge downstairs, so I well, can't check. That that proves to you that I only had it last year. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, if they don't call it that anymore, um, but I think kind of like the porch rocker. I don't know if the recipe changes, but they're the the crop of you know uh, pumpkins in this case, oh, or with sure. porch rocker lemons. Like the crop is different, and so when there's an especially good year with whoever they source it from, um, the flavor. Like I remember a couple of years ago, our friend Damon was uh, was saying that. Porch Rocker, like they had an especially good season with the lemons, and so uh, the Porch Rocker was like particularly good that year, mm. uh, maybe twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen, something like that. Ooh, I wonder if that. I wonder if the. I had a, wasn't a great growing season for pumpkins this year, though. So I guess it depends where you yeah, get them. But I, that's the thing, right? Because if they were ready for October this year, that means they brewed it a couple months ago. So I don't know where they source the. Mm, that's true. They source the, they source the, the pumpkins, pumpkins from. from. I don't right. know any, but uh, anyway, um, if you can if you can find some lingering somewhere, I do recommend uh, mm. the seasons because it is really good. Good beer if you can get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what, um, Frank? It's also good if you can get it. Is Star Wars content? Uh, oh, and yes. you know, don't you love good Star Wars content? But more particularly. I like fresh Star Wars content, mm, and yes, that's uh, yes. and much that's like the pumpkin. Yes. Much the fresh, exactly. Uh, I mean, which I feel like is uh, the newest outing for Disney Plus is the um, the series Andor, Star Wars Andor, um, which just wrapped its twelve episode run, um, and then uh, and so let's talk about it. Um, uh, spo- no, non spoilers first, then spoilers. Um, just your your general feeling. Uh, on it, and I'd say how it compares to Rogue One in tone, because we're dealing with ah, yes. Cassian Andor, uh, yes. who is one of the the leads in Rogue One. So, what did you think? I thought it was it was it was a uh, a little bit of a of a departure from 
typical Star Wars tone. I think it was similar to Rogue One um, uh, in a lot of ways. It was less pew-pewy than Rogue One. Rogue- less pew-pewy than Rogue One, mm-hmm. more HBO-y. Yes. Um, right? It was like if, if, yes. I mean, it was basically a, an HBO, you know, prestige drama, but set in the Star Wars universe. And Tony mm-hmm. Gilroy, um, obviously very, very involved in, in Rogue One. He came in to sort of script doctor and direct um, when Gareth Edwards was not really hitting the mark that Disney had in mind. Um, and, uh, and so admittedly, uh, you know, n- not, a, not a big star Wars fan. He's, he's up, up front about that, that that's, he's not coming to it um, as a, uh, you know, as a star Wars fan first and foremost, uh, but, but bringing a different sensibility. Um, and I, I was a little skeptical, not skeptical, but a little timid about it at first. Um, and I'll admit it took me a few episodes to really sort of trust, to give my trust to Tony Gilroy. Mm. But I think the fact that it is a spinoff of a spinoff, uh, by which I mean, you know, Rogue One was sort of a... It's not the main uh, Skywalker saga. Exactly. An offshoot of the main story, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously very related to it. Leads right into episode four. But but an offshoot of, of the main main Skywalker saga. And then this is taking one of those characters and telling his backstory. You can, you can I think, get away with that difference in tone um, because we're not telling a story about Luke Skywalker or Anakin or Obi-Wan or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get away with that because it's a character that we're not... We don't have 45 years of history with. Sure. Um and so it it worked remarkably well, I thought. Um, I'm curious what you thought. We, we didn't really, I didn't really talk to you about it very much, mostly because I was anticipating this conversation. Right. Yeah, no, we, we were pretty, not radio silent on Andor, but I feel like a lot of people reserved. were radio silent on Andor. People were very yeah. reserved about it. I saw an interview with Tony Gilroy that was like, we thought, you know, that the audience would flock in, you know, with the good reviews and the this and all that. And he said, we've been chasing the audience, um, which is... I think a crime because this is absolutely some of the best content that Star Wars has put out in many years. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back many years, like maybe Mm. Revenge of the Sith many years. Like I was maybe an episode in and I was like, man, this feels good. Mm. Like and and that's and that's what I that's um, I go back to the word fresh. I think that's really what it is, because as I love the Mandalorian, Boba Fett was okay. Um um, Kenobi was strong in a lot of sections and then like okay in some other parts and this is the first time I, honestly maybe since Rogue One um, that like I watched from start to finish I was like yeah that was great and it did something I hadn't seen before um, the problem I, I find with much Star Wars outside of the animated um, universe mm. is that it's trying to be star wars um like without it coming from george himself right Right. and so and it always goes and it it always feels and goes back to a very particular era of star wars without really expanding that sense outward it is a galaxy far far away the galaxy is Mm. large therefore it has lots to offer and so even just a few minutes into um andor i felt like oh you're giving me something brand new to star wars and i haven't had that feeling since the prequels where i have kind of looked maybe in a bit maybe a a tiny bit rogue one i shouldn't say the prequels but um 
where I felt like this is something that I, I truly haven't seen before in the Star Wars universe. And it is recognizably Star Wars, but at the same time, it's so it's almost like incidentally Star Wars. And I I saw yes. Yeah. I saw a I saw another interview with Tony Gilroy and he um there would be actors uh, he didn't name names, but actors that like started once they found out they were in Star Wars, like, you know, like or, you know, through the audition process, they said their acting changed and they started to act like they were in Star Wars. Uh... And he said, no, 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 that's the exact opposite of what I want. Don't act like you're in Star Wars. Act like you're not in Star Wars. Like this is as stupidly real as you could possibly get in. And and, uh, and that's what I feel comes across authentic act authentic and which is not star wars like typically it's faster and more intense which is yes which i love it's a very particular style it's elevated it's hyper real it's all these things but like in this the uh the the universe is the universe is populated now by people with real wants and desires that are not Maybe yeah. even dict- felt like feel like they're dictated by a script, but dictated by their life. Um, yeah, and that is that's what I think is really strong about it. It has its weak spots, um, but sure. um, as as many things do. But um, but I, I walked away from it feeling um, refreshed and like mm, excited for what's coming next, and not in the way that like I'm excited in a four year old way, but almost in an intellectual way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, I know what you mean about the, when you say like, um, that a lot of Star Wars goes back to the same era or the same stuff. Are you talking about sort of the Favreau Filoni stuff tends to, to, yeah. I mean, even the sequels, um, okay. They, 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 everybody wants to recapture what it felt like in the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Which, which truly like ignores, a large part of what makes star Wars. Um, and so, and, and truthfully, like thinking of star Wars, like it can only be one thing with one tone with one voice is a disservice to storytelling. Like you wouldn't like read a Superman comic and be like, well, it's not the Simon and Schuster voice and art. So therefore all these other Superman like they can only be like this, so everything else is bad or shouldn't be or exist, which I, is a disservice to the adaptability of characters and storytelling and different types of narrative. And when people get sick of a particular type of genre, it's because you're just doing the same thing over and over again, but you're just copying what came before, which only gives you diminishing returns because you're just it's just a copy. It's not the original. Um, and so yeah. you'll never recapture the originality of what has come before. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're on. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Gen X nostalgia wrapped up in a lot of Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? Like because that is sort of when a lot of Gen Xers came, you know, came online was was when Star late seventies when Star Wars came out. Like that was their one of their defining. You know, we people have talked about it. We've talked about what Marvel has been for the last twelve years, right? Uh, Fourteen years, geez. Um, uh, you know, th- that's what Star Wars was for that generation, and and, and has continued to be ever since. To be fair, but yes, yeah, so I think the prequels are, it would be that for, for us for or millennials for or, us or um 
or the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies or yes, something like yes, that's yes, like yes. a really pinnacle time in totally. our development in in our fandoms. Uh, and and so I you can't I don't want to say you can't fault people for loving a particular totally. thing at a particular time and whatever, but like but but imagine if all uh, Spider-Man stories had to be early 2000s aesthetic or early 2000s right, like that's storytelling like like there's a place for that there's a place for that where it's like oh my gosh there's a you know like imagine that there was a a uh a a, a comic that 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 told a spider-man story where it seemed it had the same kind of storytelling maybe it wasn't set in that time period or whatever um and that there's a place for that and and that we would be the audience for that mm-hmm. but but there is also an audience for uh, a, a different take or a different angle, a different side. And that's what Andor, I think, gives um, is, is you're right. Like a lot of Star Wars is faster, more intense, sort of stylized Buck Rogers, uh, Flash Gordon, almost comic booky, pulpy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a style. That is a choice. That is a, a style that has a place and, and that I love and you love and, and millions of people love. But it's cool sometimes to take a look and see, kind of like in the in the extended expanded universe novels over right. the years, to see the other side of that, to see the like, okay, what is like the military side of this, or what's the like, what are the the in this case, wh- how did the uh, rebellion get started, and what were those people like? Um, so, surely they weren't all idealists like uh, like Luke, right? There must be some people who were different. What were they like? Right, um, and I think and Rogue One hints at that in yes. like in the way that they do their dirty missions and the way we're introduced to Cassian in Rogue One where he like kills an informant so he can get away. And that tells you a lot about him and that side of the rebellion that you haven't seen before. Um which is Saw Gerrera in that movie. Right. Saw Gerrera is a it's a great example of that. Um and uh I lost my train of thoughts. Mm. Oh so showing the other side so, so the other side. And so but I think what what Andor has done is picked up on um it's picked up on the pieces that of Star Wars that get left behind like the politics of Star Wars in which like we grew up with the prequels and like people always make fun of the trade disputes in Phantom Menace but like I like that stuff I find that fascinating how did how does a a government go from this to this mm. and ha- and what and what does that bureaucracy look like on the inside and how does it work and the people who are rebelling against it, how does that work? And it, like, it's weirdly timely um, in its own yeah. way, um, as I feel like these types of stories always tend to be every couple of decades. Um, and so, but I, I was fascinated by imperial bureaucracy. And it's not something that I would have loved as a child, but that's what Faster, More Intense is for. And what I think Andor did is, like, start, George always said that, Star Wars is for kids first and foremost, right? Like, remember, like it is meant for children. You, you know, Gen Xers out there who like are trying to yeah. recapture your childhood, or you know, or millennials who are trying to recapture the childhood. Like everybody goes through those phases. Like whether those like chain emails that you know, like you get from boomers yes. or whatever, you know, like and you know, like what that's you know, we all have our own things that are you know reminiscent, reminiscing, but. I think Andor is the first Star Wars content since Disney bought it, it even excluding um, Rogue One that said, we know that mostly adults are really into this. And so totally. here, and so here's like, here's a show that like, you have to pay attention. You have to think 
Um, yep. And uh, and I, I really appreciated that from really from the from the top down. It really is constructed like um, it is really constructed like a, a, a series of, of chapters. And I know Mandalorian literally calls their episodes chapters, mm -hmm. but but this really is more like chapters in a in a a bit more of a dense novel for for you know uh more more uh an, an advanced reading level let's mm -hmm. say um it really is you have to pay attention you have to and, and there's adult themes adult language there there were you know uh people in 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 bed in sexual situations for the first time in star wars mm -hmm. right like like we didn't they were it was clearly implied that these people yeah, the were closest you get is when anakin together. has a nightmare in revenge of the sith right that's about right. as close and, as you get and, even and they're that was married a very, that was a very chaste you know oh, gosh, like, yeah. like sure there she's pregnant like but but like they were just next to each other in bed but this was like one night stand type of mm -hmm. like clearly people were together the night before and uh and and there was language at the at the beginning of this podcast i i, I quoted marva saying can we get into spoilers yes let's get into spoilers, yeah, get into yeah, spoilers. for sure um uh, Marva, uh, uh, hologram Marva at her at her funeral, mm -hmm. uh, saying "Fight the Empire." If you look at the lip flap, mm -hmm. uh, the original line was not uh, uh, "Fight the Empire." The original line was the "Really, Empire. yes, really." And, and I, th there there were rumors that there was going to be an f bomb in in the finale, and then the episode dropped, and and there wasn't. And the speculation is that Disney pulled back and said. No, this is like this is we we can't we can't do that. Um, and so they they changed the line to fight the empire, but it mm. was it was f the empire, um, uh, as as written. So so much more adult in tone as you know, and and even maybe if that got got uh, chopped, I'd imagine there were probably other things along the way that probably. Disney sort of pulled back on or the story group pulled back on, but. You know what? But that's okay. I truthfully, I don't need that an F. Okay. I don't need okay. an F bomb in Star Wars. I'm that not, doesn't exactly. make or break. Star I, don't, like, I was actually when I heard the rumor, I was a little disappointed. So I'm kind of glad they pulled back. Uh, didn't go quite that far. Um, yeah, I think like, Andor proves you can make uh, a more adult thematic, a, a thematically adult material without like just adding language for the for the sake it, of adding it. It would have been a little gratuitous. Let's, it would let's have though. I Fight think the it, Empire it, really worked just as well. It did though. I feel like the like the visceral nature of nature of the swear, like yeah. that kind of diction, like really would have charged sure. that scene. And so I can understand both arguments for it. She, by the way, was amazing. Potentially she the MVP of the of the season. Um fantastic. Yeah, Marvel. She was uh Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. I don't know if you recognized her. Oh no yeah. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Yeah. Uh Marva was Marvelous. Oh. Um yeah. I also thought I also thought um Vel uh was 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 great. Which one was uh, Vel? Uh, Vel was the the she was the one who was with Cinta. She was the leader of the little oh, ring that yes. did the the, uh, the hit on um um I forget the name of the the, the great train now. robbery. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah the Fort yeah. Knox robbery. Yeah, she yes, say. Yeah. yes. Um, who was who turned out to be cousins with Mon Mothma? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought she was she was uh, she was she very was good. Honestly, Genevieve Genevieve O'Reilly as as Mon Mothma was continues amazing. to be. Uh, yeah, incredible. I mean, I know the show's called Andor, and like obviously there's a you know it's an ensemble cast, and to some extent, um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård is incredible. Oh, in whatever, whatever he's in that scene in the first or second episode where he like puts on the wig in his ship 
and he like yes. readjusts himself to be like not a, re- a rebel. I loved, yes. I loved it so much. I saw a great. There was a great meme that floated out there with it. That was like, like uh, me, like me in the bathroom at a party, like after I take a break, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, like relatable. So, yeah, so real, so real. Um, Every introvert. Yeah, saying, yep, right. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh man. Uh, but you know, she. Uh, truth, I could watch a whole show with about Mon and uh, yes. ignore everything else because I would watch a Mon Mothma spinoff. And I, mean, I never I, thought I would say that. No, me either. Would. But like, I am just so intrigued by what they're giving us and what actually truthfully what i think before i forget i have to say it what i think andor does which so much star wars actually lacks is unique cultures um to particular planets um and you get some of it in different places like the original trilogy you just don't have time uh, for that that's not the story that they're telling and you definitely get moments of it well in the prequels you get a lot of it in the clone wars um, you yes. know, that's like Lots. very particular to Clone Wars. Arguably but, too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah, maybe they focus a little <laughs> bit too much in that direction. But uh but then but then the sequels is like kind of like the, the original trilogy where it's just you just completely ignore that side of yeah. living in a galaxy. And you really get two really that off the top of my head, two really big ones in Andor. And one of them is this like arranged marriage, early arranged mm-hmm. marriages um from uh, oh my gosh! What's the name of their planet? Uh, I cannot Cala- remember. Calabama. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, Calcian, Caladin, something like I can't remember. Um, but uh, but that I Caltipsism. Caltipsism. Nice. It's Caltipsism. Like uh, that was a Superman the animated series reference did you go directly for superman the animated series yeah i was thinking yeah, I, that's yes. how you know how to say yes cal tipsy zim yes um good which is actually easier to say than his name forward but i don't want to summon him so i'm not going to say mm, it. yes don't, don't yeah do um beetlejuice no yeah. oh, um uh bloody mary no wait no, no wow. are you allowed to mix them up it's, it's, it's like does it still work <laughs> that way you say each of them once did like, they so all, pit, like uh <laughs> beetlejuice bloody mary ah! <laughs> like why are they all here oh no um so uh there's, there's that um which i loved and i um and then um the funeral rites at the end with the funeral march and that they become the brick and like this whole big thing was just one beautiful i just loved it oh so much like this like you are the work you become the worker like there's just like this almost like um i don't know like dying in the coal mine kind of vibe to it like i can't exactly place it like obviously looks like like london docks like right right right. yeah yeah kind of gritty blue collar yeah Yeah, yeah. and i just it felt so real to me it didn't feel like oh this is a star wars set and they added snow you know like yeah no no yeah yeah yeah, that's you know this was a real place a real planet with a real character yeah this show so the original trilogy doesn't go into the the cultures and everything but what it does do is show you lots of creatures right sure. like you'll you'll be panning over and see lots of different like you know every character in the frame is the galaxy different. is large mm-hmm. yes exactly and while we don't go into 
uh, don't double click on each of them and go into their uh, their particular stories, you see a lot of variety, yep. right? And so it gives you this feeling of vastness and of world building. But what this show does instead is it goes deep on a couple of them instead of showing hardly any aliens in 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 the whole show really yeah it's almost Very jarring cute. when you see one yes yeah yes mm-hmm. they're almost all all human even in the prison like that that at narkina 5 that yep. seemed a little odd to me that they would all be they would all be well human uh, well it's interesting that you say that because uh, a long running thing about the empire is that they are not just awful for being awful, but they're also racist, right? In that, like, enslavers, right? Enslavers, and so that, like, like Thrawn is the only non, like, alien yes. in the entire empire. Yes, everybody, yes. everybody's in the boy. yeah, like in yeah. the leadership, right? In yeah. the leadership and, position, and everybody's human. Often, I think it was in the EU. It was it was kind of. Uh, part of the canon for a long time that like Wookiees were, were all enslaved. And so that's why it wasn't that odd to see Chewie in handcuffs walking around the, Mm -hmm. uh, the Death Death Star Star. because that's where he belonged was in handcuffs um, being transferred uh, or whatever. And that's why it was, you know, where are you going with this thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because racist and yeah. Um, So yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. Um, But yeah, not a lot of, of aliens, but, but they went deep on different cultures. One thing cool about the the brick uh, thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, was that uh, on Ferrix, she uh, Marva was you know obviously the one who put out the that call to fight the empire, and um, I think his name is Brasso, the guy who was holding the brick, mm-hmm. you know, threw the brick. Uh, so she was literally in the fight. Like she was literally uh, part of the that's fight cool. because yeah, she that's was good. Yeah. the brick was you know like it's she was part she dealt the first blow, mm. um, uh, metaphorically and literally because she was thrown as the anyway. I thought that was that that's was very cool. good. See, yeah, yeah that's yeah. really good. That's nice. That was a nice catch. Honestly, really a nice catch. What I did find myself, sadly, so like you know, like you know me, like I'll read into anything. That's like kind of like how I live my life, my job. But there are a couple of fandoms where i don't do that on first ah. watch star wars marvel dc whatever unless like i'm like i d- decidedly go in with that part of my brain turned on and so so andor was almost like um like i should have been thinking that way and i wasn't because i'm like it's star wars i it's don't star have wars. To think I at see. all and like and so it took a huge adjustment for me to like i really have to think about this and what they're doing and what they're saying and who the hell that is and all that. that, And I liked that and appreciated that as it went on, but it did take a bit of an adjustment to like, think of something as part of a franchise where I had to pay attention in a different kind of way. It's, Uh, it's not as escapist as star Wars can often be. No, it's not. No, I, I, it would not that I wouldn't go back and watch it again, but it's definitely a particular mood that you have to be in. Right. It's not light popcorn fare. Yes, and I think that's why when it first, the first few episodes were coming out, and I, I kind of felt this way at the time, you know, the idea of like, it doesn't really feel like Star it feels kind of like Star Wars, but not. Um, it's like, it looks like Star Wars, but it doesn't feel like Star Wars. And I think that that, to me anyway, for me, um, that was because it didn't have that escapist mm-hmm. streak. It was very grounded in in 
you know, realism as much as realism. You know what it feels like to me, truthfully, more than anything, it kind of feels like a 70s sci-fi. Like, it Mm. has more of a Logan's Run, 2001 A Space Odyssey, THX 1138, um, Fahrenheit Mm -hmm. 451. Like, that's the kind of environment i feel like they're living in and that some of that is like the the synth music and the 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 deliberate computer screens which i just loved the loved the technology that the way that they would like actually communicate like it's like you know like they're using Mm -hmm. um oh gosh uh what's it called giant keyboards i have one right here but i don't want mechanical keyboards yeah i don't want to move away from the microphone uh, but the um are you, thinking, are you looking for a brand name? What are you yeah, I'm for? looking for a brand name, but it's okay. Keep talking. I'm going to get the keyboard. Okay. Um, you mentioned THX 1138. Narkina 5, the prison, literally looked like scenes out totally. of THX 1138. And I think Tony Gilroy uh, did uh, did say that that was an inspiration. I mean, it had to be, right? The uniforms, the sterile white environment, um, it very, very much looked like that. So, um Kind of a kind of a cool, you know, to have a, a different George Lucas um property uh being being referenced there. Commodore kind 64. Cool. That's what I was saying. Oh, thinking of. Commodore 64. They feel yes. like okay. they're just Sorry. using a bunch of DOS and Commodore 64s yes. and IBMs and yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, a very vintage uh yeah, yeah, computer feel, uh look and feel. Yes, com- yeah. completely. Yes. Um I'm glad that you mentioned the prison the prison because that's where a big crux of the drama takes place. Right. The Snoke origin story. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad yeah. You okay. So, so, so it's really interesting that you say that because like I, so Andy circus shows up and I'm like, Oh, I love Andy. So oh, obviously I love Andy circus for a lot of reasons. And so I'm like, Oh, I love that. He's just gets to play something else in star Wars. Cause he got really shafted as Snoke. And so I love that he got to come back and like really do a thing and act. And then like after his big speech after the prison break and everything, someone was like major Snoke vibes the way that he was talking and everything. And I was like, they didn't think that that would ever bridge the gap, like to anything. But how interesting that would be to have like all of that kind of intersect. It would be like, I yeah, really obviously Snoke's created in a tube, yeah, as a like part of an experiment to bring back the Emperor. Like we we know that already, but like is he different because it's human DNA and like he Maybe. can't swim, right? He got know. through this whole thing, got to the prison just to not be able to escape a great tragic hero right there. Oh, right. You know, yeah. can't you know what it is. It's like, so in stories, characters willing to dive into water, it's a baptism, right? So that because they become new out fresh, so the prisoners dive sure. in, they come out, they're no longer prisoners. It's new life. It's blah, blah, blah. Sure. Nice wash as clean, a, yeah. wash clean, yeah. all that stuff. He can't wash himself clean because he can't swim yeah like he can't willingly like be have a fresh life and this is the guy that thought he was going to get out just the right way only to uh-huh. break the rule only to realize that he's not getting out either way yeah. like that's so tragic but uh, if oh, he's yeah. left behind obviously the empire is going to show up at that prison and if he's and if he's still there Maybe he's going places. Maybe he gets beats part of an experiment or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe. truthfully, I, I don't think so. That's not the so story Tony Gilroy is telling. He's deliberately no. not doing stuff like that. I, I agree. But it was cool when he made that speech, which, by the way, that speech, oh, my God. But that when he made that speech, 
you know, the, the voice modulator thing they were using on program, Mm -hmm. um, his voice going through that thing really sounded like Snoke, like really sounded like Snoke's voice, like hardcore, um, almost for me, almost distractingly. So, um, where I was like, that really sounds like the Snoke voice. Like it's, um, you know, pitched down and all of that. Mm. It really did. So, um, that was cool, but that was like a cool, for me like more of like a cool easter egg type of thing like oh that's fun like it's not what they're going for like it's not it may not it's not in the story intentional sure but it was cool to like be like oh kind of you know there's this note guy and he kind of like eh, it's fun yeah um but i wouldn't go any further than that like i don't think for real that uh, those are all plausible enough theories i guess but i really don't think so at the end of the day that that's ever gonna no i don't think it's gonna to go anywhere and you know what if it does it does but it was fun but it was fun and andy circus is so good that I he just... was great and that story arc was fantastic yeah. the, the there were you know i like that they they broke the series into three episode arcs of beginnings middles and ends mm-hmm. um so we got four sets of three episodes right over the course of of 12 um and each one like the narkina five arc and the aldani uh uh uh, uh raid arc mm-hmm. uh, you know all, all of these things were like little three episode stories um that and obviously the finale arc all of them were really well constructed and 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 then on a meta level when you look out at it, the whole 12 um you get the same thing of like there there was like rising action falling action over the course of the whole 12 um with a with a well climax is all along but a big climax at like we're looking at the battle of bunker hill or or whatever of of the mm. uh um of the i almost said revolution well, but yeah. of the rebellion right right or, or like the boston massacre of the rebellion um which is really cool like we've never seen that before um but like aldani is is like the boston tea party and then uh this uh the finale uh on ferrix was kind of the you know lexington and concord or something so really Um, i actually really like that's a i like that perspective of looking at it um because um that you know it's just the shot heard around the world right yeah yeah heard around heard around the galaxy the brick toss heard around the world (laughs) yeah kind of um yeah i i i i i like that a lot and i like that it's it didn't all converge in one season. Like that's, mm. you know, like, cause I know that uh, the, it's two season show and the first one is um, one year, one year. And then it's five years over the, ne- over the second season. So I guess yes. these supposed to be longer episode count though. I think 15 episodes. Okay. Yeah. For season two. And it will be each three episode arc is a year. I see. So we're, okay. we're going to get five, sets of three episodes yeah 15 episodes total and each of those sets covers cool. a year so it's going to be much faster paced yeah and it's going to have to end up converging somewhere with other things that tony gilroy i don't think is going to be able to stop that because sure like, um so like uh the rebellion really conjoining together happens in rebels uh yep and so like yep. that their first like you know before rogue one victory is a is a rebels thing so like are we going to do we get to that moment and see it again in live action from a different perspective um, because, i mean if if cassian was there i mean maybe. if maybe but mon mothra was there obviously that's what, right you know, like mon that was, was there you know mon she's Mothra's already the, she's already the secret leader of the rebellion right at that point at that point yeah mm-hmm. 
Um, and, you know, at the beginning of A New Hope, we find out, you know, the Rebels have just won their first victory against the Empire, right? right? Which is, um, yeah, which is Rogue One. Which is Rogue One. So, um, so we know there's not any big victories nope. in, the, in the next five years. Um, so, so yeah, there, there's a lot of story to tell. And yes, I agree. There has to be some, I mean, they left a lot of threads, you know, uh, we saw Saw Gerrera. Um. Yeah, we, we that was really what fun. happens to him from now mm-hmm. until Rogue One. Yeah, we're probably going to see um, him which, again. Yeah, obviously. we've seen him yeah. in Clone Wars and or not in, in Rebels. We saw him actually was in Clone Wars as was a younger guys, and then and then I think so, and then definitely Rebels, and then um, um, Jedi uh, not Jedi Outcast. Um, oh gosh, Fallen Order. He's in. Oh, he's Order, in Fallen game, Order. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Which is yeah. it's cool, uh, you know, yeah. and like little things like that to me make it feel obviously it's still Star Wars because it's connecting to larger pieces. Yes. Um, but it doesn't have to have the big symphony orchestra. It it can yes. have a lot of quieter moments and nice character interactions. And we haven't really talked about some of the uh, the other stuff like the 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 officer who like is just basically trying to do his job and, you know whatever his name, you know, and then has to live with his mom again. Cyril. I Cyril, yeah. Cyril, um, who eats cereal. Exactly. I, I also found fascinating character. Like, how how does an extremist become extreme, yeah. too extreme for the Empire? And then, you know, like, you know, how to, like, because I feel like that's where it's going. Right? Yes. And uh, I just think these are characters that are never going to be in the Emperor's throne room. And are yeah, never right. going to come face to face with Luke's lightsaber or whatever, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's the refreshing part. It's just like not that the stakes aren't there or high because it the show is tense. Like yes. like like Mon Mothra is just like everything. Every scene is like a you know a double meaning, a hidden agenda, um, a secret this, a secret that, and you're just like like they base it, it's it almost like living in occupied territory like it, it very much is yeah it very very much is i i thought it was fascinating in the one of the last two episodes when she is accusing her husband uh of gam of having a gambling problem mm-hmm. and she's arguing with him and he thinks they're really having an argument yep but they're not she's literally just saying these things so her driver who she knows is a spy for the empire will overhear it and then when when it turns out that a bunch of money is missing she won't get in trouble there'll be an explanation that her husband gambled it away like she yeah. literally threw him under the bus to a spot like the layers happening there um fascinated me to no end and what i love about it is that the show never tells you that doesn't you have to be paying attention to uh-huh. that yep. you have to piece that all together and and be paying attention otherwise yeah otherwise you would have you would not understand mm-hmm. yep uh i yeah particularly like i think we haven't really talked about like some of the design um, pieces or mm. whatever else, but I saw there's this kind of this ebb and flow where like the rebels are outside in in the natural world and the Imperials are not like so much of their spaces oh, are yes, windowless yes, yes. and without contact to the outside. Like they're, they're so mm. insulated in bureaucracy that they're missing basically the real galaxy outside. And that's where they're, blinders come in um yep. and then there's uh 
I this I can't take credit for this, but there I saw something online that like they're going the costume aesthetic is going back to the basically the Jedi, right? With the like the layers and the, the robes comfy robes and, and yeah. whatever else. And say like that's not just a Jedi thing, that's a design aesthetic of the sure. galaxy. Um but I saw that, like the there are characters that live in the open or have autonomy over themselves and they all have open collars and all the characters that don't all have high collars. Um, And there's like actual episodes where like characters gain autonomy and lose a collar or then like, and there's like even a thing with Cyril where he like adds a collar to his uniform, (gasps) right? Yes. And he has an argument about it with his mom. Uh Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. See, I didn't pick up on that at all. And I love that. Yeah. And that's why, again, like the show doesn't tell you, you have to be paying attention. And that's, that's a good one. Yeah. And so that's what I, and some of that exists in other bits of Star Wars, right? You know, yeah. like it, yeah, it's, yeah. that's not completely unique. It is a much that's on a much grander scale. That's everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. outfit all the time. That's real intention across the board. Uh, and but that's truthfully, that's like what makes that's what makes good art where like it's a layer that you can it's a you know, it's a, a parfait layer that you can dip your spoon into after you get through the first one. You yes know, or other things. no i i love that mm-hmm. that's a good that's a really good one yeah that's good uh reminds me of like luke at the end of uh return of the jedi when like the the yeah like all we, black and then the white and then the white yeah underneath. and you're like yeah. ah the white it's good yeah yeah and i mean I, the, intentional not intentional like even in the sequels where like ray's all in white in the first movie because she has pure intentions and then she's battling with the dark side in the second one so she's in gray, in gray but then she conquers yeah. that so she's back in white by the third movie like those those are intentional choices um mm-hmm. that are being made and uh but like to see that across everybody right is cool it's very that is cool. cool that is really really cool no i love that i love that yeah man yeah, yeah it's good stuff I, i'm sure there's more that we could talk about but i think uh we're a little over our time I would say so. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. final thought, any final thought? I just really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. When I heard this was going to be a show at all, I was, I was skeptical when I saw the first couple episodes that dropped, I was a little skeptical, but really, really ended up enjoying it. Um, you know, way more than I ever thought I would enjoy a show about a, uh, a character invented for uh, a, a movie to tell the backstory about one of the other movies mm-hmm. um really really enjoyed it and and i'm i'm really looking forward to to season two yeah i am too and i um i to my eternal shame did not piece together that they were making pieces of the death star in the prison like by the time I you wondered. got because by the time you got to that post-credit scene i felt like they were like like military vehicles for invasion or something like that they felt like they would go on like yeah. you know ATATs or or something like that you know some kind of joint um and so i uh i saw like that post credit scene rolled up and it's the death star and i was like right obviously i'm an idiot <laughs> uh and so i i liked it very much because there's a uh, poetry i think because it rhymes um in um and Cassian building the Death Star only to have a first hand in destroying it. That, yes. Yeah. And to be killed by it. And to be killed by it. The very he thing he built, helped create in its own built, way. 
not only yeah. did he build a piece of the, the Death Star, he built a piece of the laser that killed him. Yeah, so that's really and good. He mm-hmm. he built a piece of the laser that killed him, and and it, by stopping or by by getting killed by it, he ended up destroying the thing that he built. Yeah, that's good. See, it's just that's really around. good, and you don't get that in all of Star Wars. You get right. it, bits and hints of it in different places, but sometimes you got to like stretch to get there. Totally. But this one is all there. But again, it doesn't tell you that. You have to piece that together yourself. And that's wonderful. Um, so, Frank, where can people find us? BeerWithGeeks.com is a great place to start. Uh, any podcast app is also a great place to start. Uh, if you want to support us, um, which we'd really appreciate, uh, you can do that. It's as simple as you know, leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. Um, or, uh, you know, if you want to do something more, we've already left a a review. Maybe you want to do something more. Um, well, then you can head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. Um, you can support the, all of the shows that we do here at thought bubble audio. Um, a dollar a month, uh, is, is all it takes to get started, gets you in the door. And, um, and that's a, that's a great way to support us. So subscribe anywhere that podcasts are found, uh, tell a friend, BeerWithGeeks.com to see the backlog of episodes and the show notes and all that fun stuff. Very good. Very, very, very good. Frank, as always, it is a pleasure to talk to you. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.